Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle with Eric Cabral. On this episode... Commitment, belief, and action. I mean, to me, that's the key of success. Whatever you're doing, believe in it, commit to it, and take that action every single day to get further towards your goal, whatever it may be. Hey there, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast, where we inspire you by talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about mindset, goals, vision, tips and strategies on how to crush life and business. I am your host, Eric Cabral, real estate investor and a creative. I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years, got my start in New York City as a junior art director and made my way up the corporate ladder to become the creative director at the number one pharma company in the world. That was until I decided to hang up my corporate hat and start my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using social media and live stream events. Hit us up at info at onairbrands.com to learn more. Also, like, subscribe, and share this podcast on social. We greatly appreciate you for it. And also, don't hesitate to send us any feedback that you may have because we always love, love, love hearing from you. Before we jump into the show, I'd like to share what some of our sponsors, partners, and friends of the show have to offer you. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Hey there, folks. We are back and excited to be here because this is a unique episode coming at you, a series of episodes unique to the Entrepreneur's Circle because we had never done this before. But what this episode is, is one of many episodes coming from the Mid-Atlantic Summit, which was an amazing event put on by my good friend, Dave Van Horn of PPR Note. And what was cool about the event was not just the wealth of content that was coming at us from every angle, multiple stages running at the same time in Philadelphia, but the quality of the people in the network the people that were attending, the people that were on stage, the people that you were surrounded by were all next level. Part of a culture of people that just want to level up and help you level up and want to learn from each other and to grow one another and with each other. So this is such a cool event. I highly recommend Mid-Atlantic Summit 
check that out at midatlanticsummit.com. But what we were doing there was um, representing our event called PodMax. And we were so happy and so proud to be a sponsor and a partner with Dave at this event because we flew our PodMax banner really proudly and we showed everyone what that event was. And if you aren't familiar with it, please go check out podmax.co. And what PodMax is, is an event that happens, it's one day and we run entrepreneurs through the gauntlet of recording shows, one after the other, back to back, all under one house, one roof, and one day, the most efficient use of your time. And what's cool about it is we have partnered with a bunch of top-rated podcasts like MC Lobster's Cashflow Ninja and Matt Fairclaw's DeRosa Group YouTube channel and Liz Fairclaw's Real Estate Invest Her Show and Jason and Peely and Yurusi's REI Foundation. And for those of you who are big fans of the Entrepreneur Circle, Capital Hacking is there as well. So there's that and many, many more shows that are a part of PodMax, and we get to give that to people uh, an opportunity to tell their story on these multiple platforms and to share their story with all these different communities. So what we did was at the Mid-Atlantic Summit, set up a little slice of that experience on in, in one day or two days at the event where Mr. Josh Carey of The Hidden Entrepreneur was there interviewing people. And Josh is also part of the, the, uh, the PodMax event. And he interviews people. And he is the ultimate professional when it comes to podcast interviews. Everyone on the team has internally started calling him the doctor. When he walks in the door, uh-oh, the doctor's in because he gets to work. He operates, he gets into your brain and he starts pulling things out that you never knew were even there. And it's such an amazing experience. And we were so truly blessed to have him there interviewing people. So this episode is an episode where Josh is a guest host on the Entrepreneur Circle interviewing people at the Mid-Atlantic Summit. So please check out our event if you want to experience or you want to hear more about it because it truly is a unique experience that we are giving to people um, and we're really super proud to be helping entrepreneurs tell their story, broadcast their brand on multiple platforms. So check it out at podmax.co and please hit the apply now button to enter into the next one. The dates will always be updated on our website. So check that out at podmax.co. And please enjoy this episode with special guest host, Josh Carey. Hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again and tuning back in. We're here live at Mid-Atlantic. It's amazing. It's Josh Carey here filling in as your co-host for Eric Cabral and Entrepreneurs Circle. My guest today, is Fuquan Bilal. What's going on, sir? Thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Honored I, to be on the platform. Yeah, and uh, I loved, we just spent a little bit of time um, getting to know each other more and bantering, and my goodness, I can already feel that this is gonna be a uh, very cool dialogue. But looking at the event, are you loving what's going on so far? Oh, for sure. I, I was here last year, the first event, and um, you know, Definitely wanted to come back again to kind of network with some of the people that I met last year. But this is a great event. It's a lot of different type of investors here, passive investors, active investors. So it's really good. You are the the owner, the founder of NNGCapitalFund.com. Started in 1999 before 
I don't know. It seems like before this real estate thing was even a, a thing, right? <laughs> you were, you were, you feel like one of the innovators. Yeah. So when a company started and launched in 2013, but I've been doing real estate since 99. And I came from a corporate job and I was shadowing my cousin and he made some money off of a transaction that was half my salary. And, you know, <laughs> In what, you know right? we always had this rivalry since we were younger, who made the most money, who dressed the freshest and everything else. So it was a little competitive. And, uh, you know, I shadowed him around for about six months and made one of those transactions also that was half my salary, put my two-week notice in and never looked back. And that's been since 99. And you yeah. saw that transaction and you're like, wait, excuse me, what now? Yeah. What? Wait. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it was fun. I mean, after I made that transaction, you know, I struggled for the next six months. I remember going, because I'm from Jersey, going through the Garden State Parkway toll. Are we all? And I didn't have the 35 cents to pay the freaking toll because I made a bunch of money and I blew it. You know, I was young, I was 24 years old and just blew all the money and thought it was just falling out of the sky and I would get it again. But it took me about six months really to understand, you know, building the cash flow and holding on to it. And yeah, it was very important. It's interesting because they say that um, if, if those without money certainly win the lottery or otherwise get into a big cash uh, um, windfall, statistics show that within two years, they're back at zero. Very true. So it seems like that when you got that first windfall, what what was happening mindset-wise when it true. comes to money? Well, I've never, when I was young, been taught money management, you know, financial literacy, like a lot of us. And, you know, I'm from Newark, New Jersey, so I kind of grew up in the hood and everything was materialistic and everything else following that trend. And it took for me to get older and wiser and become more mature to understand, you know, how to be a master of money instead of a slave to it. And, um, you know, that's that's where it all comes from, having that instilled. So I try to do some of that with the youth today when I speak to them and educate them, you know, whatever financial literacy courses that I can do when I do some stuff at the colleges or even wow. with my own children and kids and my family. It's kind of hard for them to swallow that pill now because they don't understand it. But just doing little things and showing them, you know, how to, how to budget and, and manage and get the things you need, not the things you want and stuff like that. So so looking back, and, and it's so true that uh, I, I was the same way. Like, I, I had no idea that, you know, you're supposed to save and all these typical things that you could and should do with money. If nobody teaches you, nobody teaches you. Nobody taught me. I didn't know what people weren't teaching me to even ask. Um, if, if you were to now, with that 24-year-old windfall, what would you tell yourself to do? Oh, wow. Definitely to, well, part of all I earn is mine to keep, right? That's one of the rules. And Say that again? A part of all I earn is mine to keep. Fine. Right? So for me, making that big lick, that big transaction back then, I was very transactional flipping properties, would be to, okay, I made this money. I know I have money to live off. I need money to live off of, but I need to invest a portion of it also to generate some passive income from it, right? Or if I'm, if because I, I was doing a lot of flips and I didn't really understand the landlord business until the market crashed and I was forced to be a landlord because mm. I didn't want to deal with tenants, toilets, trash, and termites. I, I was just flipping, making large, sexy chunks of cash and it was really good. And the the biggest thing that I learned when the market crashed was having that constant class cash flow, like slow and steady. Like, cause back then you would only make 250 to $300 off of property net. And I'm like, why would I want to do that when I can sell this property and make 80 G's? But I didn't know that I can leverage the equity, cross collateralize it and all that stuff. You don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. um, but the, the, I'm market cycle tested. Like I was telling before we got rolling, 
basically I've been through the adversity and I'm a strong believer that adversity brings growth. You need that in order to become stronger, right? I was listening to something earlier where it says the oak tree in the forest is not strong because of it being hidden. It's strong because it's out front and it goes through all of the wind and the rain and everything else. And, you know, that makes you stronger. So let's yeah. talk about the you've spoken about the adversity and how, in your words, you grew up in the hood. But then in your 20s, you started getting successful in that regard where you can find the money, whether or not you held on to it at first. Another story. But how did you how did growing up in the hood? How did that look? What well, was that really like? Well, for me, it's, that's another part of adversity. I mean, coming off your doorstep and seeing crackheads and heroin addicts and gunshots and all that other stuff, you know, it was it was challenging. My mom actually had us in private school, and she was like the best teacher. She really? put the hustler spirit in me. We, she used to go to Chinatown and buy stuff from Chinatown, gloves for $5, and take us out to the flea market to sell it. Me and my younger brother used to be competitive and who can outsell each other and make the most. And that kind of gave me my own entrepreneurial spirit back then, you know, at like 10 years old, understanding the importance of being able to wholesale stuff or trade stuff, buy wholesale and retail, that whole concept. And we would sell like papers and newspapers and stuff like that. And just that whole concept, even because I grew up in a Muslim community. So we would go out and sell like the oils and stuff like that. We would buy big uh, oil jars of it, then put them into smaller ones and divide them up and stuff. So that whole big thing kind of put the entrepreneur hustle spirit in me. And just the adversity growing up in that area where it was tough. You know, you had to have street smarts to survive. So when it, that transition after, you know, graduating and going through school into the corporate world, it was like, this is a cakewalk for me because I grew up in such adversity and everything else. It was like having that, applying that street smarts to corporate and then from there applying that same business, that same street smarts into being in the real world, owning your own business. I mean, because I was in corporate, I was making good money, um, 22, 23 years old to 24 years old, but I was putting in a lot of time for someone else. And I just took the leap of faith, like Les Brown said, I jumped out the window and grew wings flying down. Love that. Falling down, uh, but it was it was going through that adversity to build my build for myself and build for for my business and my future and my legacy and everything else. So, for me, I, I kind of look back on that and I'm grateful for that. Growing up in that adversity, and I go back now and add value to those communities. That's where I do a lot of my acquisitions at, and a lot of the rentals and stuff I do, and. Uh, making a difference by putting properties back on the tax roll, taking those dilapidated properties that has been vacant for eight years and rebuilding them and you know, add more value to the community that way. It seems like on paper, you could have found yourself in a much different scenario today oh, sure. and along the way. I mean, you spoke about leaving your door and seeing crackheads. Many would have found themselves partaking and going down that path. How did that get avoided? Well, my mom had us in like a private Islamic Muslim school and it was like more militant driven back then in like, you know, the early 80s. And she kind of sheltered us away from that. So instead of coming home and playing with the friends in the neighborhood, we would go back to uh, the school where they had activities and programs and stuff for the youth. And we kind of stayed in that community. And we only literally came home to eat, sleep, and then go back to school. So it was basically a community that was built that we kind of, that sheltered us from all of that. And uh, only where we lived was only where we slept and ate. Did but, you accept yeah. that as a, as a kid growing up? Did you realize the power that that would be for you? Well, actually, I, I'm grateful for it. I mean, I don't practice today. You know, I, I was born Muslim. I don't practice as much. Today, I do a lot of meditation, like I was telling you, but that kind of instilled discipline in me. 
uh, the values and stuff that I have now. So I'm grateful for that. Um, it was, I, I, but I felt like I was domesticated, like most people who come into religion. Like your parents say, this is who we are and this is where you're going to be. And then you be that, but you're not true to yourself because that's something that you were made to be, like from habits that were created being domesticated. And most people are of the religion they are because of passed down from their grandfather to their mother to them or whatever. So probably when I became self-conscious and learned, you know, Still, my goal is to become a warrior. A warrior is one who conquers oneself. So through that, I self-educate and do other things. Like, I don't practice any religion, but I do meditation. I am grateful and I give gratitude and everything else and try to put those values and stuff into my kids to be respectful to others. The same attributes of someone who's, like, holy. Um, you know, we're, we're not perfect, but I do try to achieve to be the best me. Tell me about being a warrior. I, I don't hear that term, but define it and how does it apply to you? Yeah, a warrior is one who conquers oneself. I actually have that tattooed here to remind myself every day. Um, what does that mean, so. though, to conquer oneself? Well, to always be the best you, to always, you know, have integrity, to always be honest with yourself, to, you know, share, add value to other people. It's to be the best you, to keep fighting. You know, and that's really, a lot of people give up because they think that, um, you know, if you're in real estate and you're flipping houses, all this should be easy because they see the material part on Facebook and Instagram. Like everybody's on social media, like life is perfect. Look at this, look at that. So but they don't talk about the struggles and challenges they go through. And that's all becoming a warrior, going through the adversity. Adversity brings growth and just keeping your head up every day and fighting the fight. So that's, to me, my definition of a warrior is trying to constantly conquer yourself, grow yourself, learn yourself. Like, being a part of this event this weekend is I'm here to learn, you know, and to grow. So A recurring theme I keep hearing when people talk about exactly that, being here and being willing to engage and indulge is uh, humility yeah. and admitting you don't know everything. You're here to, to absorb and to learn from others who do know more than you and who can help you. Yeah, anybody who... I, I think anybody who has the mindset that they know everything is just close the book finito. They, they, they just, I'm always a student of life. There's so much I can learn, even from people who's new in the business. I, I said in a gentleman presentation today that, uh, you know, who's new in the business. He's been in the business for three years. And I was like, okay, maybe I can learn something. Maybe he may have a social media tactic or marketing or something, you know, that I don't know. Even though I've been doing this for 20 years, I've, I feel like I'm just getting started. This, you know, yeah. the more, it's, you know, you just have to be a student of life and keep learning. Tell me a story um, in this theme of adversity, for better or worse, growing up as a child that still stands out, that was a pivotal moment in your life. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have actually a couple of those. The one that stands out most, though, is when I first got started in real estate, I was so excited. I went back to the community and started to employ the people who couldn't get jobs because they had records and all this other stuff. And no, oh, they're not gonna hire me because I have a record. So I said, okay, we're doing real estate, we're flipping properties, we'll come fill up some dumpsters, come do some demolition work, let's go. So we built this massive team, about 15 people from the hood, and we was doing payroll every week. And word got out that we were paying people cash every week. And um, you know, one day, actually a couple of weeks after my birthday, I was shot five times. I was shot five times in my real estate office and left for dead. And I jumped up with the little bit of energy I had, dialed 911. I was fortunate there was some police officers up the street cashing their checks. They came down immediately. 
took me to University Hospital where I stayed for about six to seven days and all the bullets went in and out. I was fortunate, uh, I lost six inches of my intestine, but that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it kind of made me appreciate life more. Like most people woke up this morning and they don't even appreciate tying their freaking sneakers. Tell you know, me more they, about that. They don't, oh, they don't appreciate put, being able to put your pants on or so the, the normal stuff that we're used to every day that we're not conscious of. So that made me appreciate more than anything and have more more respect of the environment I put myself in and the things that I, that I did. So that was a really pivotal point in my life. And um, I worked from home for about six months after that. And I was really more hungry and determined. That happened in March of 2001. By December of that year, I sold 34 properties. The next year, I sold like 38 properties. The next year, I sold more. It was on and on and on and on until the market crashed. Um, but that was really a pivotal moment for me, really to understand. And I'm, I'm investing in those neighborhoods today, you know, because I understand that it wasn't those neighborhoods. It was the people who I had myself associated and around and everything else. So, you know, that's important. So what did you take away from that experience well from that experience again is you know who you who you're around you know your net worth your network is your net worth yes. worth is your net worth you know what i mean your network is your net worth so the people who are around uh some of them were good people just in bad situations but some of them were you know the jealous envy hate stuff like that so you know keep yourself in the right environment keep yourself around people that you can grow and, and, and learn from and that's one of the reasons I'm at this event now Mid-Atlantic Summer because there's people who have like-minded people who want to create a legacy who want to learn ways of, of creating cash flow so I kind of keep myself in these type of environments now um, versus the environment that I used to be in I mean I was young at the time and thought I was doing good for the community and it backfired on me but I'm in those communities now but I have uh, general contractors and different people that kind of boots on the ground stuff so wow did you have to have i mean you couldn't have known how that incident physically for you was going to play out right no i, I couldn't have known it, it could have gone worst case scenario and anything in between yeah absolutely were you playing with thoughts in your mind with that yeah i still do to this day i mean that's a reminder on my self-reflection moment every day i told you i do meditation 24 minutes a day uh one minute of each hour is 24 hours in a day so if you can't have a minute of each hour to yourself then what life is worth what's what life worth right so during that 24 minute process i kind of reflect back to that and think of that and that kind of remind me of things that i should be grateful for so that kind of touched me on a daily basis that that type of situation that happens to you it's i can still feel it today it's like surreal what so, are you grateful for i'm grateful for everything i'm grateful for just being able to like i said tie my shoes Put my pants on. Converse, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah, for ladies sure. and gentlemen. <laughs> with a suit, with the Converse. Yeah. I want to be comfortable. You know, what is a, you know, I want to be comfortable. But it's a good look. Yeah, I'm grateful for the relationships that I created, uh, especially over the last 10 years. Uh, because I told you I have a couple of them. My next one was after the market crashed. I went through a divorce, kind of lost, you know, a couple million dollars and everything else. But I learned doing that, that part that it's like riding a bike. Once you know how to ride the bike, it's, it's you fall off, you get up and you ride again, you're still good. But I'm grateful for the relationships that I've created, especially in the last 10 years and the strategic partners. And I'm you know, grateful that you know, I, I did go through that process um, and have two beautiful children and now I'm trying to pass those core values on to them. So 
what are we, to the, to the person listening, wrapping up the conversation, what are we saying here this is all about and what has not yet been said? Well, commitment, belief, and action. I mean, to me, that's the key of success is to have a commitment, belief, and action. And, and whatever you're doing, believe in it, commit to it, and take that action every single day to get, fur to get further towards your goal, you know, whatever it may be. Wow. Um, this has been extraordinary. Fuquan, how do people find you and follow up uh, the conversation with you? Oh, sure. My Instagram handle is at Fuquan Bilal. Same thing on Facebook, Fuquan Bilal. Same thing on LinkedIn, Fuquan Bilal. If you want to shoot me an email, it's fbilal at nnggcapitalfund.com. I absolutely love this. Uh, fascinating man. Thank you. I appreciate for, it. Yeah, Thanks for is, having me on the platform. It has been great. Thank you for coming on and opening up. Absolutely. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Yeah.